Did we watch that? A podcast where three brothers sit around and we usually say discuss bad movies, but I think after this one, we may have to alter this to the sometimes good, sometimes bad, but usually entertaining films we grew up watching. Uh, my name is Mark. I'm Josh. And I'm Andrew. And today, we are uh, taking a bit of a nostalgia trip back to 1989 for a film entitled The Wizard, directed by a man named Todd Holland and starring Fred Savage. Uh, Luke Edwards, who some of you might know as the younger brother in Newsies. Um, oh. Wait, Crippy? Cripple? What was it? What was no, 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 not Crutchy. Crutchy. Uh, the, <laughs> same thing. Uh, Jenny Lewis, who is actually the lead singer of, is it Rilo Kylie, the all-girl punk band? Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my god, I never realized that. Oh yeah. So clearly only Mark did this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I brought the movie and go, ooh, games. <laughs> and Christian Slater, our hint from last episode. Yeah, this movie is kind of weird in that there are plenty of things to make fun of. It gets, it gets, it gets a lot of things wrong. It gets a lot of things wrong about movie a making. A lot. But it's... Just kind of a good movie. It's but not awful. It's it's the thing though. It's a kid. Okay, I'm assuming it's a kid movie. It's about gaming and going to a gaming competition, but it has really adult plot descriptions about this. Right. I have this in my notes. But how upset were we as kids going to see the new Nintendo movie? Because by the way, this movie is solely about Nintendo. But Mark pointed no, out, no, no, it is not. It is about Nintendo until Act Three, when it's about Universal Studios. Fair point. Well, then it becomes about Nintendo again. But my point is, is that you see the previews for this, and you're going to see a new movie about a video game competition, and you go, and like the first half of this movie is family drama, divorce, parents. How sad were we as kids to go and see this? Like, why are they arguing? Where? When do we get to see Mario? Divorce, <laughs> divorce, parents, dead siblings, runaway children. Oh my God, the dead sibling yeah. part in this. The dead movie. twin sibling. Because okay, I have, a, I have to ferry. I have to. I have a hard time figuring out the family dynamic in this. Mm-hmm. So. Bo Bridges yes. is the father of Christian Slater and um, Fred Savage from the same mother. Yes. And then they... She died? Or they, they no. got divorced? No. no. And Bo, then, Bridges, and then Bo Bridges remarried with this woman who they had the twins with. I didn't pick up on that at all. Because Fred, Savage, there is something Fred in, yeah. Savage says that Jimmy is... Stepbrother. Half-brother. Half-brother. Oh, okay. Half-brother. No, I missed that So I feel like there's like... Three sets of parents. There's yeah. Bo Bridges and Fred Savage and Christian, Christian Slater's mother. Yep. There's Bo Bridges and the mother of Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And then there's the mother of Jimmy and this asshole um, new stepfather. I forget the guy's name, but this guy excelled in the 80s at playing just jerk after jerk after jerk. Sam McMurray. Sam McMurray. He, Thank he, you. He, the, the, ca- the character he played in this movie is very similar. If you've ever seen the movie, Drop Dead Gorgeous. The constantly drinking, drinking, I'm kind of a dick kind of guy. If you're trying to figure out who he is, he's in Christmas Vacation. He's Clark's friend at work. Uh, he's, he tells about the Christmas bonus. He was in King of Queens. He's also the boss of Kevin James. At he's the UPS been around. Contact. He's an ultimate character actor. But yeah. here, he's just a raging asshole. He <laughs> kind of reminds me of the principal from Breakfast Club. In the, no one is this evil and is just around ki- a lot around kids they're just he's yeah. extremely one-dimensional in the yes. way he's played but i remember as a kid this movie was at least marketed huge because this was since the advent of nintendo the first film 
about Nintendo, where you saw kids playing the games, the games were the focus of the film, we were led to believe, as we went and saw the film. We're like, holy shit, this is depressing. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing about this movie is that while it's about video games, it doesn't know anything about video games. It's staggering the things it gets wrong. And I'm not even talking about the minutia of, that's not what Double Dragon is, like that's not how you play that or whatever. I'm talking about things like, he's over 20,000, and you can see the score, it says 6,000. He hasn't been hit yet, you can see he's at Half-Life. Like, what the hell's wrong with you? Plus, for a movie about Nintendo, because as Josh said, let's not. this is not about Sega, this is not about TurboGrafx-16, this is about Nintendo. And they never speak, I think once, when Haley, the girl, Jenny Lewis, calls the Nintendo Power Hotline, oh God, the, guy that answers, hotline. Yeah, the guy that answers the phone says Nintendo Power Hotline. Other than that, the word Nintendo is never spoken once. That's we true. see footage of games, Nintendo paraphernalia is all over this movie, we never hear the word Nintendo. And the, how many games did they say? One no, of the characters uh, in this has all, what is it, 97? 97. I'll get to, uh, fuck it. Okay, they, <laughs> they say they have 97 video games at this time. Overall, there is 713 US or PAL, P-A-L, which are games uh, playable in the US, games. At Overall, there's 713 games. At the time, it was 97. I just have to say that um, when we started this podcast, I did not think I would be the second nerdiest person on this right? podcast. Right? It's wow. P A L, folks. All, look it up. All I was going to say was that I can't believe that uh, it, it's so quaint to think back to a time when you could have a system and only have ninety-seven games to have to explore that you could own all of the games on a system. <laughs> and the really interesting thing about this movie is that it's it's essentially a ninety-minute commercial for Nintendo Entertainment System and Universal Studios Hollywood. <laughs> disguised as what essentially equates to Rain Man for kids. Well, disguised as a good movie. Yeah. This almost feels like they had this movie, and then someone said, we have to sell our Nintendo uh, system. We, we need to put out a movie about Nintendo. Oh, you have that great... Like, it, it, it feels like the Nintendo stuff was tacked on. Well, and this, this will actually take us into the start of the film, because the posters for this film were like... Fred Savage and the girl with Luke Edwards on their shoulders and behind them is like Mario sailing through the air and there's Link and there's like little 8-bit graphics all around him. That was the poster for this film. Our movie opens and here's Luke Edward Edwards. A little 8-year-old Jim, boy. Jimmy Woods. Jimmy name. Woods is the character's name. He's walking down a desert highway for three hours. <laughs> and I would walk five He just keeps... Go throughout the entire opening credits set to uh, a song called You Don't Get Much by Bodines. I bring that up because they're the guys that sang the Party of Five theme song, by the way. Oh, of Josh, of course, right? Of course. Uh, anyway, Duh. so you see this kid walking through a de down a desert highway. He looks malnourished, quite frankly. He's <laughs> skinny as skin and bones. And you can't see civilization for either direction. How long has this kid been walking this highway? I will tell you how long. To find him, they had to bring a plane. Yeah. A plane. This kid is lost, and they use a, not a helicopter, a plane. Was the hot air balloon busy? <laughs> no, but this is... The Zeppelin those. was in the shop. But I found him. Okay, now pull up. You're like 10 feet above the ground. <laughs> this is one of the most well-coordinated police departments I've ever seen. The plane spots him, says I found him, and suddenly a car is right there going, yep. Got him. Yeah. Like, wow, that is hell of a response time, guys. <laughs> now, going back to the opening credits for a second, we see, you know, uh, Fred Savage, Christian Slater, and I, I hate credits like this, and Bo Bridges as Sam. <laughs> oh, Sam is in this movie. <laughs> Who is Sam? Everybody Just, loves Sam. You should say, like, Sam, quotation marks, dad. Again, no, and, and it's in quotation marks. Like, Sam is an alias of some sort. <laughs> Sam was in quotation marks? It was in quotation marks. Like, if this said, like, 
and Daniel Day-Lewis as Abraham Lincoln. No, no. That would make sense. No, no, okay, Sam, sad adult male. That's what he plays in this movie most <laughs> of the time. Ro- it's, not, it's not an acronym. He's not a robot. I, I didn't <laughs> like Rob? As, as Sam, as if he was playing Indiana Jones or something. Yeah, well, <laughs> Sam is a returning character. Like, this is I, I the hate, wizard based off the book. I hate credits. Oh, Sam. Yes. Yeah. I hate credits like this. As, and because I guess Bo Bridges was one of the bigger stars in this film, hence why he warrants the and Bo Bridges. But why are we tacking the character's name onto this? How big of a deal was Christian Slater at this point? Oh, huge. I think... Cri- well, I think... Well, he wasn't... Fred Savage is, I think, a big deal at this point. Christian Slater had done. I'm not sure if he was in the first Young Guns. No, Cuffs was 91. I know he had done Gleaning the Cube, the skateboard movie. At this point, he had done uh, The The Legend Legend of Billie Jean. Yep. Uh, He had done The Name of the Rose, The Equalizer. When did uh, The Wonder Years come out? That's 80s, at least. He he did Gleaming the Cube. No, I'm thinking Fred Savage. He did Gleaming the Cube, and then his next big movie, really, The Edge and The Wizard. So this actually was one of his early ones. This is pre Pump Up the Volume, pre Young Guns (laughs) 2. Hey, don't don't all pump up the volume. That's a great movie. It's a movie. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that's on my list for movies that we're going to be doing on that's this. That's I will defend that, that movie for that's just, an, that's, that's just That's just... Uh, Angelina Jolie, let's throw some boobs in here. The movie's not doing too good. Uh, Samantha Mathis. Samantha Mathis. I thought it was Angelina Jolie. No. It's the, it, it's, it, I'm going to... I'm looking it up. <laughs> Broken, Arrow, Broken Arrow was actually a re-teaming of Christian Slater. Oh Samantha my god, Mathis. it was her. As yes, was you're right. Fern Gully. Oh, Fern Gully. Can that be on the list, please? So, The Wizard, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, anyway, what are we doing Back again? to The Wizard. Um, okay, so the, the California over. Talking. There's Jimmy, and we begin. Where you going, kid? California. 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 Get your beers out, guys, because this is going to become the drinking game for the majority of this film. Essentially, we meet Jimmy having run away from his mother and stepfather. And we are led to believe that Jimmy is a touch autistic. Yes. But we don't, at this point, we don't know why he's going to California and he keeps uttering and he California. Keep, and they keep talking about how he has uh, PTSD or something yeah. to that effect. And um, fucking Vietnam, out, man. We don't find out why until later on. In the middle of the film. And when we find out... Holy shit, I thought this was a kid's movie. Yeah. Anyway, um, now, <laughs> again, a throwaway part, but when the cop finds Jimmy to put him in the car, the lady on the other end of the phone is like, take him to his mother's. She's remarried. Other side of town. Her name's this. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you got all the exposition there, audience? And then we meet this stepfather who the movie's trying to paint as an asshole for being like, you know, oh, every time I turn around, the kid runs away. He's we're putting, me. we're right. putting him in a sanitarium. And I'm thinking, good. Like, this kid does <laughs> run away and clearly gets to the middle of the desert, and this kid, every time I turn around, he runs away. I agree. That's a problem. You know he wants to go to California, jump on the main highway. You'll probably find him pretty soon. And plus, you married this woman part and parcel. You knew what you were getting yourself into with this kid. This I guy guess. seems like he'd be in it for the money. So, we get a stock scene of him saying, uh, we're going to put Jimmy in, we're thinking about putting Jimmy in a home, because his behavior is getting... More and more off the deep end. What the kind of kid? The kids movie that's worse than being put in a home is being sent to boarding school. Boarding school. <laughs> but this home, it looks like it looks like a psychiatric ward. These kids are sitting in a room just staring at a TV about helicopters and animals. Oh, which one flew over the cuckoo's nest? Kids, kids die. Yeah. <laughs> For kids. So this scene ends... The puppet baby's version. Oh, the nurse Cratchit comes out and she's trying to lobotomize his kids. This scene ends and we're taken to the home of Fred Savage, Christian Slater, and Bo Bridges. Which... <laughs> you don't... You, we, we talked about this earlier. I can take a lot of le- leaps of faith in this movie. Kids getting cross-country without being molested. Sure. <sighs> 
parents randomly finding them amongst millions of people at Universal Studios. Why not? Am I supposed to believe that Bo Bridges feasibly fathered Christian Slater and Fred Savage? This Bullshit! Mother, this, <laughs> this mother must have been a stunner. <laughs> Holy... I'm sorry. Jeff Bridges, I would buy as Christian Slater's father. That actually almost makes sense. Yeah, with the deleted scene that you didn't see is that Bo Bridges' uh, uh, wife, who has passed on, uh, was played by a 1989 Cindy Crawford. Uh, <laughs> uh, have you seen Cindy Crawford these days? Could be a 2015 Cindy Crawford. Fair point, fair point. But Jeff Bridges, he almost sounds a little like Christian Slater. I'd buy that, but Bo Bridges. Yeah, Jack Nicholson plays his dad. Fine. We're all fine. <laughs> Who, uh, I'm on board, movie. I'm, 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 I'm going to clown on Bo Bridges a bit here, but he's responsible for some of my favorite moments in this film, and it has to be said, Christian Slater almost sleepwalks, sleepwalks through this movie. Token family film. Bo Bridges shows up to work in this movie. I actually kind of like Christian Slater in this movie. He's okay, but he's, he's it's nothing you haven't seen him do in countless other films. No, but it's kind of fun to see a movie where Christian Slater was still trying. Yeah. Because you see Christian Slater now, and he has given up. He's like, what TV show am I on? It's getting canceled. For a week. It's getting canceled in two weeks anyway. None of us gives a shit. Wait. Look, I'm giving you guys a job for a month. Ah, okay? yes. Honestly, yes. Ma Matthew Perry syndrome, you mean? Honestly, I think... <laughs> I, 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 I think... I think that the worst actor or actress in this movie is Fred Savage. I think he's very... Just uh, in this but movie, he's, he's, the move this fit. Fred, Sa Fred Savage has all the comedy lines. Fred Savage is, has all the lines where <laughs> I picture him looking to the camera and saying, "Ta da!" Yeah, and he's, and he's <laughs> Get a, it? And he's a kid actor, but he seems to think that drama equates to yelling. Yes. Like you want to see him put Jimmy in a home? But, da -da 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 -da. It's like it's all at two eleven. But he's a kid. He's a so kid, fine. so give him a pass. We cannot give all kids passes. Because, Jake Lloyd. Fred, true. <laughs> uh, Fred Savage is uh, is. Very upset that Jimmy's going to be put into a home. And is very upset that no one else seems to care. Because apparently, whatever happened to this family... Right. ...broke this family. We're dancing around this a Apparently, Bo Bridges got custody of Fred Savage and Christian Slater. And the mother got custody of Jimmy. Because Bo Bridges was the actual father of those two. And apparently not of Jimmy. It's very hard to follow this family... Yeah. Uh, this episode yeah. of Family Law we're all apparently watching. So we want to see a family tree is all we're saying. Well, Fred, Fred Savage, Corey in the movie, he's trying to figure out what to do after he's upset <clears throat> that his father burnt a casserole and said that Jimmy's going to be put into a home. So essentially, Fred he's Savage throwing darts decides at a board. he's going to run away. But he's throwing darts at a board trying to figure it out. He's is like, there a no, guess to where he's going to go? He's throwing, a map. He's throwing darts at a map. Yeah, that's the part I don't understand. He did, they didn't start it with... I think I'm going to go somewhere, but where should I go? He's just in a bed throwing it. I don't remember the first time. North Dakota. Like, North Dakota. No, Ohio. No, California. All right. Sure, why not? The people in the audience are going, I know where this is going. So he has to get us to California, and it doesn't yet know why. It right. gets to a reason eventually, but until then, they have to at least point them in the direction of California. <laughs> like, I want to see the dart in the air in slow motion just kind of curve like the bullet <laughs> wanted and land on California. <laughs> Mario comes out of the game and guides the arrow. No, he jumps up and goes, Bing! and like, punches the darts. So Fred Savage decides he's going to run away to California. With Jimmy. And he's going to go and yes. go pick up Jimmy. From the home. And I have this in all capital letters. Where? is the staff slash security at this boy's home. Because he all but waltzes into this home, grabs Jimmy, stows away in a hostess pastry truck. <laughs> well, Jimmy is a flight risk. Jimmy is there because he's been running away, and so what does Jimmy do? He runs away. You didn't even close the door. I mean, I'm not even talking locking. You didn't even close it. It's like putting somebody on suicide watch. You check that room every five minutes. It's like putting someone on suicide watch and then putting a gun in the room. Yeah. Like, it's really stupid. He'll be fine. So now the two kids have run away in the hostess truck, which of course makes the parents come together because we got to find our kids. 
And oh yeah, and someone says they were seen hopping a truck, and nobody thought to stop them. Someone saw them hopping a truck, and no one's like, "Is that two kids climbing the back Which, of that truck?" Uh, Maybe glance two inches down and get the license plate on that truck. Question: They're in a home. What home is getting delivered Hostess Twinkies? The good ones? Yeah, right? <laughs> this doesn't look like a good one listen, from the listen, outside. Little Debbie, it's 80s little Debbie goes to California. Hostess goes to the East Coast. Um, so Utah. now the, the mother has hired someone, a bounty hunter, to find Not just kid. any bounty hunter. This is specifically a kid bounty hunter. His entire job is finding kids that ran away. Which the movie treats like he's Boba damn fat. She says, Mr. Putnam. Putnam takes this as a chance to stand up. Button the jacket, look around. His entrance is a lot like Quentin Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> no nails on a chalkboard. I don't remember the amounts, but something like, for a thousand, I'll find your kid. For ten, for, for, for ten thousand. You get the head? <laughs> <laughs> the hat, the sneakers, the whole damn thing. The damn lunchbox he carries around. <laughs> so, essentially, the mother is saying, Mr. Putnam's gonna find our kid, um, but just Jimmy. Not Corey, not Fred Savage, because the, okay. step, the stepfather rationalizes with, well, uh, Corey wanted to run away, didn't he? So did Jimmy! Exactly! Very often! <laughs> More times than Corey so, does! So, Bridges takes this as his cue of, fine, bounty hunter's going for Jimmy, I'm gonna go after it and find both kids. Putnam corners him in the parking lot and says, I only make my money if, uh... I retrieve the I re kids. And I don't get paid if someone else finds them. Uh, Mr. Woods? Excuse me. Just so you know... I make my money by bringing kids in, and I don't make it if someone else brings a kid in first. Uh, <laughs> you catch my drift, huh? So let's not be getting in my way, okay? Have a nice day. And he dips his head down low in a villainous way and says, so let's not be getting in my way. <laughs> what it was here I realized. <laughs> what a dick thing to say. <laughs> Putnam was written for Kurtwood Smith. Can we agree on this? He's essentially playing Clarence Boddicker, the bad guy from RoboCop without a gun. Okay, for those who uh, haven't seen RoboCop, uh, Red, the father from... From that 70s show. Yes, and I agree with you 100%. He was written for... This was written... Because this is my only... Gustav Gray's written for Guy Pierce. Putnam was written for uh, Kurtwood Smith. This is my only real problem with the movie is that Putnam makes no sense. He's there solely because you need a villain. But he, there comes a point when they know where the kid is. They've tracked him down. All the parents are there. But Putnam knows unless he's the one who literally hands Jimmy to the mother, he's not going to get paid. He tracked the kid down. He told you exactly where the kid is. He's at least getting some money. Okay, he should get paid something. And the movie does have a villain. We don't meet this villain, this kid villain, till the middle of Act Two. Oh my God, Lucas! But the movie has <laughs> the movie has a villain already. It's Why a, do we need this it, stock one-dimensional bounty hunter? And I feel like there's two villains. There's the villains for the adults and villain for the kids. The kids can relate to Lucas, the bully. Every once in a while, though, the villain for the adults does interact with the kids, and I will say it's some of the best scenes in the movie. Hands, hands. <laughs> down hands on Paul Bridges shows, shows up to work in this movie but um Jimmy and Corey get out of the hostess truck and this begins a very before we move on sorry the line he Putnam says is don't you dare find your kid before I do <laughs> um police <laughs> please anybody citizens arrest Jesus people come on speaking of which we got a bounty hunter where are the police where's the APB for these they have now, planes two kids where is your yeah where is your plane <laughs> You had a plane to find Jimmy before. Bring that thing out of here. Two kids, now we get the hot air balloon in the air. Zepp, get um, the Zeppelin so Jimmy, going, get Jimmy everything. And, Jimmy and Corey get out of the hostess truck, which begins a very disturbing trend in this film, where children can hitchhike cross-country with nary a worry for their safety. Truckers, uh, 
Hey, they have a code, Josh. That code does not work out for them. Forget, <laughs> yeah. forget truckers. Coyotes don't eat these children. Yes. Well, they are untouchable. And they have uh, one... Uh, Fred Savage has a, uh, a riff about... At one point, they're walking through a valley. and I think it's called, like, Death Valley. And he says, like, Death Valley. Look at the map. <laughs> Why don't they just call it Axe Murderer Valley? And I'm like... Ha 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 ha. Comedy. Classic Fred Savage. So Jimmy and Corey get to a bus station where he's hoping to use what little money he has to buy a bus ticket to California. And I'm thinking to myself, pretty sure you need now, an where adult... Th- where are they at this point? They are... Well, they live in Utah, so they're still in Utah. Still in Utah, okay. Yeah. Pretty sure you need an adult present to buy a bus ticket. It's the 80s. Things were willy-nilly in the 80s. At least cross-state. So many things happen in this movie. <laughs> Counties, <laughs> No, no. Table, uh, uh, pin to his chest or anything. So many things happen in this film that make me feel like I'm watching a film about an alternate universe where adults don't need to exist. When they meet Lucas, it's in the middle of some house where there's no adults around. This bus station, this guy's watching these kids fight. Oh, it's more money. Buy bus tickets, and he's never like... This is peculiar. Well, good parents in here. The 80s were the 80s. Things happened because laws were not put in place. I'm sure kids got by bus tickets because things like this happened. Putnams were real people. Putnams? Putnams, yeah. Mr. Putnam. Putnam. The bounty hunter Putnam. Putnam in plural? Putnam in plural. Let's be here. He's a a warning now. Don't hire bounty hunters to find your kids. Don't pull a Putnam. (laughs) so, So while Fred Savage is trying to negotiate a bus ticket somewhere... He leaves Jimmy by an arcade machine playing Double Dragon. Which was our first podcast. Oh my god, we circled back. It <laughs> uh, was also one of our first so, video games when we bought the Nintendo, by so, the way. But, yes. but does, so I guess that means we're done, right? Yeah. Podcast done, we, we've circled back. I see you guys That's a wrap, guys. No, <laughs> wrap on this. no clue for next week, guys. See you later. <laughs> no, no clue, we are done. Um, so, Corey leaves Jimmy alone at this game for what has to be a total of 25, maybe 30 seconds. seconds. This drives me nuts. He, he goes, <laughs> Apparently okay. we all took this note, so yes. Oh, wait. I see, a, I see a cop pulling up to the gas station at this bus station. We should probably hide. Come on, Jimmy. I'll t- quick glance at the screen. Wait. 50,000? You got 50,000 on Double Dragon? 50,000? You got 50,000 on Double Dragon in... 30 seconds. Not even, but it shows where he died. That's midway through round two where he dies at the bridge. Three. Three? Yeah. That's two more. Was the, two is the industrial park. Three was the woods. Yes. That's but, even more unbelievable. A couple things about this. First of all, there's there's no warp levels in this game. You can't just jump. We're about to get super nerdy. I'm sorry. Uh, we no, are going to get super nerdy. More nerdy than the movie cared to get. Yeah, it's it, it's that you play for 30 seconds. It, you a Double Dragon is a game where you move from left to right and you fight the guys that come at you. If you if you press the buttons harder, you don't get more points. You don't jump into some sort of warp and move forward. You just pit the guys that come at you. At 30 seconds, I would get the same amount of points as the inventor of Double Dragon, assuming <laughs> I didn't get hit, which in 30 seconds, totally doable at the beginning of this game. This is going to happen a lot in this film, hence this podcast, where... For a movie that is based on, or based around, video games... This movie, or the screenwriters, seem to know shockingly little about how, about how video games work. Which is something, considering that your marketing, your movie, is catering to gamers. Mm-hmm. I get that you don't want to cater your film 100% to gamers, because then you lose that mainstream box office. But at least know what you're talking about. If you're featuring Nintendo paraphernalia, Nintendo games, images from Nintendo, you're trying to sell Nintendo to kids. Why would you not want to be as accurate as possible? I'm going to buy Double Dragon and be really pissed off when 30 seconds in, I don't have 50,000 points. Well, you're not Jimmy. 
you're not the wizard, Mark. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, it's a, it, 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 this game seems to assume that Double Dragon is a game where you play for 30 seconds and get tons of points, but my question is, is any game like that? Do games exist where... I if each 30... hit is a thousand points, maybe. Yeah, but I, pl- uh, I, I played for 30 seconds and I showed uh, that I can get way more points than you. It's the first 30 seconds of the game. Everyone's good at the yeah. first 30 seconds of it's a game. It's funny because I try to get past 50,000 points and every time I get past it, I'm like, gimme, 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 Jimmy Woods! <laughs> also this bus station, we are introduced to Haley. She's watching this all unfold. She's a hobo, right? No. We all know what yes. she is, Josh. She's... See- no. Yes? No. We're talking about this. No, we're not. Mark? I can cut this out in post. We're not cutting this out. <laughs> you guys don't edit this. I can cut this out in post. We're talking about this. Jenny is... <laughs> oh, sorry, Jenny Lewis plays Haley. She is a girl about Fred Savage's age yeah. who is at this bus station to buy a bus ticket to Reno, Nevada. Where she's she hoping, lives. Where she lives. Theory, unless she's um, a hobo and I'm right. How did she get to Utah? Another bus ticket? How did she get the money for that ticket? Anyone <laughs> kid would. That look on your face. <laughs> anyway, she is at this bus station with them, and she sees this unfold and goes to the back to because she knows something's up. She sees them, see the cop car, something is amiss. She goes to talk to them and basically says, "Tell me what's going on, or I'm screaming," which will attract the cops. And Corey basically says, "Okay, how about this? Uh, for the money you have for your bus ticket, play my brother in Double Dragon, and he'll beat you." That kid? Which, yeah, this this little one, which, to be fair, 50,000 points in 30 seconds, Jimmy smokes her, and <laughs> they take the money and try to buy a bus ticket, but the bus leaves, so now our three stalwart warriors are stuck together. And the, somehow, this bus, the guy who's accepting the money for the bus decides it's okay for her to cash in her ticket to play games, because kids... Oh, also, this begins a, a trend in this film where whenever Jimmy's playing a game for a while, we get this, ooh, damn, this kid is good electric guitar montage music. Well, this We're is also going to have a montage. This is also the part where uh, where Haley says, he hasn't even taken any damage yet, and he's at Half-Life. Like, the, the dialogue at no point matches what is happening on the screen. It's annoying. This, this entire soundtrack, I feel like, is conceived of electric guitar and pan flute. <laughs> this entire score so Death Row Tull into the soundtrack um, we now cut to uh, subplot B where Bo Bridges and Christian Slater are going cross country trying to find directions or trying to get gas and Putnam just happens to be in the same part of town as them this happens a lot Putnam feels threatened by them trying to find the kids before he does so he commits vandalism on their car by poking a hole in the tire Bo Bridges sees this takes a shovel and goes medieval on Putnam's car which I'm not gonna lie damn entertaining scene Right, I was saying, I would say, right before the scene, though, we find out another target of why they're going to California. They're, they That's have right. a, they're, they're at a diner with Haley discussing, so why are you guys going to California? I'm going that way, anyways. Let's kind of help each other out. We don't have any money, but if we go to California, she opens up a Nintendo Power magazine. We can go play Video Armageddon. Video with, Armageddon. A which was a real thing. A competition for video games where a child is going to be handed a grand prize of fifty thousand dollars. Sure. What in 1989 money? That's, that's huge. That's that's, that's that's Bush Senior money right yeah. there. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, in this scene we also hear the first of two New Kids on the Block songs we're to hear in this movie. Oh, they're yeah, but... all over this thing. Yep, yeah. I noticed that. But yeah, so they're going to California to compete in this video Armageddon thing. So on their way, they they figure they're going to try and make money for the trip and also practice Jimmy up by having him play video games from Utah to California because apparently that was possible in the eighties. <laughs> and I was I. 
No, actually, I was born in this decade. What am I talking yeah, about? You were old enough this time. Yeah, they even go to a bar at one point, kids in a bar, by the way, and shake down these two businessmen playing this arcade game. They shark these business guys. Shark them? We never for see how it. much? I think Corey is flashing about $1,000 when they're walking down the street. Which bites him in the ass so bad. It really does, because then they're sitting in the back of a truck where Haley, at the ripe old age of 12, is apparently very world-weary and studied. Truckers have a code, guys. No, we're fine. These truckers have a code. We're good. And then... Fred, uh, Corey whips out his cash and is counting it and one of the guys in the front of the truck sees the cash and, you know, mugs a child and then leaves them so good didn't murder the children. Yeah, right. And uh, uh, right after that, Nick and Sam, the dad, they're getting their tires fixed on the car and we find out that somehow Corey has had his Nintendo in the back of the truck the entire time. So Nick hooks it up to the TV in the... Nick Nick, I'm sorry, Nick Nick Christian Slater is playing... Uh, I believe turtles. Ninja turtles. Ninja turtles. The god awful. Uh, a Nintendo game that was so bad. For the sequel, Nintendo did an eight bit conversion of the arcade game, and it was worlds better than the first turtles game. The first turtles game is one of the hardest games I've ever played. It's, what? it's, a, it's, it's a rubbish it's, game, though. It's an awful game. It's up there, and it's just got a lot of issues with it. It doesn't know what it wants to be. It's a very hard game. It's, it's an extremely yes. hard game with very little player control. But he's but it's 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 a point kid can go. Hey, I have a Nintendo, and somehow Bo Bridges is very interested. Like, oh, well, how do you play this thing? Oh, you should know. You got it for him, Dad. It's like whoa. Yeah, whoa. We, yeah we're getting a lot of kind of half-assed uh, strife between the two of them. Yeah, trip, but yeah. it doesn't really amount to anything because we're on a road trip montage. Yes. At which point, after they shark these businessmen, one kid says, "Yeah, he's good, <laughs> but he's not as good as Lucas." Lucas. Who's this? Lucas. So Lucas. Lucas. What? Well, oh, he he can be Lucas. Now nah, he can't be Lucas. Take me to Lucas. And then we see Lucas holding court or something. <laughs> he's he, he's standing on this porch, and all these kids are around him, basically, like, fawning over Lucas. Lucas is... I think he looks like he's probably like, a couple years older than Fred's I would say I have no idea who plays Lucas. I don't even want... No, 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 no it's not. No, <laughs> I don't want to know, because I, I only want to think of this person as Lucas. I'm kind of curious if he never did anything afterwards, because no one else wanted to see him as... A... Lucas is essentially... You're going to love this. He's not on the IMDb page. <laughs> At all? Lucas isn't here. Lucas is a, <laughs> Lucas is a myth. Lucas was never here. <laughs> Lucas was written about in the Bible anyway, of the Wizards. Um, forget Putnam. Lucas, oh, I found him. I found him. Go ahead. Lucas is our villain. He is... Let's be honest. He's the guy that Jimmy's going to beat at the end of the movie. He's the guy who gets out of high school and does nothing else besides cuddle his Nintendo games. So Lucas is here. He has all 97 All 97 games. games. And he possesses what was, at the time, new tech for the Nintendo. Ooh, but it's still bad. But in which brought, I mean, uh, technology about the Wii, essentially. The Power Glove. And let's get this out of the way right it's, here. If anyone's, if you've heard of this movie, it's because of the Power Glove. Yeah. You know... We talk about how this movie doesn't know how video games work. How they operate. The terminology that's game-specific. Lucas pops in Rad Racer, the racing car game. And uses the Nintendo the Power Glove like he can guide a steering wheel with it. This I... is not how the Power Glove works. Okay, I'm going to go nerdy for a second here. That technically is how the Power Glove worked in that game. It was how it was supposed to work. It was how it was. No, exactly. This was a mass marketing tool. The Nintendo Power Glove, what you did, you slid it on your hand. It looked like a glove that went close to your elbow. It had buttons on it. And you had to attach this monstrosity on your TV with three different points so it could pick up your hand movements. So in Rad Racer, it's supposed to look like you're driving a steering wheel. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I fell asleep. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, is this the but, genesis of the Xbox this, One? This or am I? 
Yeah, well, this was supposed to be a mass marketing tool. In reality, the Nintendo glove sucked balls. It was awful. It was awful. It was so bad. It which is so funny because we lead right into the line. But the point is, like, what is there to say about the pyroglyph scene that hasn't already been said? It's the intensity on Lucas's face. He has. He <laughs> loves the power glove the way that the Pope loves Jesus. <laughs> he is so into because he, he, he holds it in front of his head and then gives Fred Savage this dead stare. I love the power glove. It's so bad. I love the power glove. It's so bad. Now, when Lucas says this line, <laughs> Haley is looking at Lucas like her new lord and master has arrived. Your my, my loins for you, Lucas. Which <laughs> this is how people fawn to Lucas because he just whips out the power glove and the fer James Bond pheromones are pouring off of this thing. <laughs> Lucas, it's Lucas, and he has this. Blonde, flowing hair. It's like highlighted 90s hair. It's like a Dreamweaver. It's like a Dracula film when Dracula stares at a woman. She now belongs to him, which makes Fred Savage grow all jealous, throw his arm around her, and for what Josh said is the best line in the film, this begats the worst line in the film, where Fred oh, Savage, with all the intensity of a marshmallow, says, just keep your power gloves off her, pal. Oh, God. So they say, all right, Jimmy, your turn. Real, real quick, you know the writers went home early that day. Like, all right, that's it, guys. I mean, we're not going to top that today. Let's, let's, round of beers? Let's go get a round of beers. <laughs> I hope the writers lit up cigars when they finish that. But anyway, so they say, all right, Jimmy, show them your stuff. And Jimmy goes, well, thanks. No, it's not the end of Act 3 yet. I have no reason to beat Lucas yet. We did another conflict out of nowhere. Jimmy runs away. Jimmy runs away. As... Jimmy does. So, <laughs> He's like, fuck this. I got California stuff to do, guys. His special power is video games. His second special power is running away. So, uh, but not necessarily in that order. We now cut back to Bo Bridges and Christian Slater who get into a father-son fight, which makes Christian Slater pull out the Nintendo again. Oh, is this when they're at the the, the motel? The Notel Motel? Yes. Yeah, yeah the crappy motel. It, yeah. it, we, we get a little like background story. They're laying in bed talking, and Nick says, oh, I kind of miss... This, this is nice, doing this. I miss times like this. It reminds me of Jennifer. Like, the time when we got to... Which makes you go, who's Jennifer? Yeah, who's Jennifer? What What happened to Jennifer? But you see... but what, what, We're getting guys, clues. What happened, Dad, what happened to Jennifer? We're but, getting clues and, as to the family drama. And I imagine at this point, our father's sitting in there going, Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> what did I buy a ticket to? <laughs> Just keep my kids entertained for 90 minutes. Don't go to a dead kid. Don't go to a dead kid. <laughs> so they get into a fight. Christian Slater is frustrated because he can't have a conversation with his own father without dad getting dismissive and saying, I'm tired. So he pulls out the Nintendo again, starts to play. Immediate cut to the next morning. Christian Slater is asleep. Bo Bridges has discovered Nintendo. And this playing... Is, is describing a scene he is not playing. <laughs> Which does not exist. I wish not playing. Correct, he's not playing. He's playing the control like it's a like a piano. I, <laughs> I wish I'd written down what he says here, because I don't know what game this actually matches. I got the scroll. Something's like... I got the new school. I'm on Mecha, Mecha Turtle on round three. This does not happen. Which, okay, as, as soon as it says it, they cut to the screen to show, look, he's replaying it. He's playing the first sewer, which gets to 300 points, hits something, 500 points. Not nearly I as... call bullshit on this. <laughs> <laughs> not nearly as bad as later when he's playing 
oh, Link, the the Adventures of Link, the, the sequel to Zelda. He look, says something about, look, they had to sell the Power Glove, they had to sell Turtles, they had to sell Adventures of Link. It's the shit that's not moving. You gotta move it. You gotta move push it. it. Push it, push it. It, it, it. It's it's the equivalent of being a waiter and being like, look, sell the fish tonight. It's gonna go bad tomorrow. <laughs> I think Bumper just has a line there like, I'm closing in on the Boggart. I've, I've got like the Sword of Destiny. Boggart. This does not happen in this game. I love Christian Slater's reaction. is like, What's happening to you, Pops? <laughs> You're breaking apart. What's happening to you? That's not what's happening on screen right now. Do you smell toast right now? <laughs> Your brain is melting, Dad. <laughs> we now cut back to the kids where they get assaulted again. A roving gang of teen punks I'd forgotten about as soon as they exited the film <laughs> that Jimmy beat like yeah. four scenes ago shows up to, um, essentially, they're there to steal money from the kids, but they're also there to... We didn't mention this, but Jimmy, throughout the entire film, has been carrying around a tin lunchbox. And we don't know what's in there, but... It's like Jake Elwood in his, uh... Suitcase. Yeah. When the punks try to take the money, they think it's in the lunchbox, and they bust it open, and out fall pictures of Jimmy with a little girl that looks the same age as him. It's got a little shoe in there. It's got a couple things. A little girl's shoe. And you see... Alright, so clearly a little girl died. Clearly it was his sister. I'm guessing his twin. Probably named Jennifer. Was it cancer? What... Was there a car accident? Oh, no. Oh, no. No. Much worse. That's some Lifetime movie stuff right there. <laughs> that already would have been bad, but that's the kind of thing you expect out of a movie like this. Oh, no. The kid died in as vague a way possible is how this... It's how it's supposed to be done, movie. <laughs> no, she John. died. Move no, on. This is The Wizard, the movie that goes there. Yes. <laughs> so they go into, like, a, an abandoned projector booth because they're at an abandoned drive-in theater. Because and- now we're going to zing in... What happened? And Corey explains how he does constantly in this movie. It's like, oh, Jennifer, we used to go on family road trips together. And it shows a picture of them in front of that big dinosaur in Pee Wee's uh, Big Adventure. Where well, that is where I saw that. Okay. Yeah, anyway. In, in the picture, yeah. It, it comes up again in the end is why I mentioned that picture. And how she died under the watch of the second wife that Bo Bridges had. Yes. And with, and with Christian Slater. They were both at a river. And they mention how she drowns and how she didn't even try to swim and stay afloat. She sunk like a fucking rock. And they mentioned Jimmy was there. <laughs> and witnessed the whole thing. And Jimmy couldn't swim, so Jimmy couldn't dive in to help. So Jimmy had to watch his twin sister drown, drown before his eyes. You know what? I wouldn't... I, I'd be sitting in a room also going, California, California, <laughs> I too. Would, that, I don't know what I would mumble. I would be mumbling like crazy. Yeah. To s- this warps. So, after this happens... But all of a sudden, Jimmy snaps out of it and says... or They're all like, well, I guess that's done. He clearly isn't going to play video games anymore. We're all fighting because the movie needs us because... to do it before we all reconcile. And they're all going to walk their separate directions, which is disturbing because Jimmy's left standing in the middle. <laughs> like Fred Savage just walking away from him. And then all of a sudden Jimmy says, I don't want to quit. Which that's the first other word he said besides California. Yeah, we're, we're skipping over this. He has said California about 86 times it's by like, now. It's like, we know. Shut up. We get it. You want to go to Cali. Yeah. And so they all run back to Jimmy. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> <laughs> they all run back to Jimmy, and it's like, okay, let's keep doing it. It's like they completely were like, oh, my sister died. Let's go play games. Yeah, we're dramatic for like five minutes, and then boom. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. We're off <laughs> to Reno. The we little, arrived at Reno. The little where, big city is what it's what is it called? Yeah, where biggest little biggest little city. Because she mentions it. Haley kind of info dumps that we have to find a guy named Spanky, <laughs> who used to work with my dad. This goes into another subplot. That Cut <laughs> to a casino. And I'm once again like, no, don't go there, movie. We already had the drowning kid. No, don't go there, movie. <laughs> <laughs> we have to cut now to a casino where 
we meet Spanky, played by an actor named Frank McRae. If you guys uh, have ever seen Last Action yeah. Hero... Which you probably haven't. I hope you, if, you need if, to. If you have not, it is one of the best satires of action cinema you will ever see, and it stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it's directed by John McTiernan, who made Predator and Die Hard. And written by... Shane Black, who did Iron Man three, did the first wrote the first Lethal Weapon, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is one of the best action comedies I have ever seen. If I'll, continue, I'll continue to name movies you've actually seen. But <laughs> throw out. <laughs> it's a great movie, but if you watch it, don't watch oh, it. Oh, Shane full Black screen. also wrote the long Kiss Goodnight. Okay, by the way, um, <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, Frank McRae in Last Action Hero plays um, Schwarzenegger's lieutenant, who is a great spoof of every. Cop boss you've ever seen in action Sweat jumping out his face as he's screaming. Smoke give me a badge! Give me a magic gun! He screams so loud the glass breaks. Yeah, he's amazing. Anyway, he plays playing a trucker who's a friend of Haley's, Haley's father, and he's playing crafts while Haley, who I think is about 12 years old, is standing on a casino floor with no parental supervision, and I think she's a mystic, because she's <laughs> shouting where to put his chips and nailing it time and time again. This is what happens in movies. To be good at gambling means you're right every time. It's sort of like to be good in poker in movies, you just have to get a royal flush. Like, that's not how poker works. This isn't how crafts works. You play odds, you slowly work your... Own. No, you're right, because it happens four times in a row, which leads to a pot of four. Put, on, put it on seven, and then split it, and then every single time she's right, and they just make a shit ton of money. No, they don't! They $400! Which sustains them for the rest... $400! Which sustains them for the rest of the movie. When, they, when you were a kid in 1989, $100 seemed like infinite money. When you're $400? an adult on a hot streak in Reno, $400 is a drop in but the bucket. Just they don't spend it like kid money. They stay at hotel for like two days. Oh, no, you know where all of this money goes? We'll get to that in a second we're where it all goes. Get, yeah. Which, how? How? <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. What happens is, what, uh, there's something else happens first, but we'll just go into this now. Um, they... They seeming, I'm assuming, they blow all of this cash by calling the Nintendo hotline. We are now dealing into another montage of Jimmy training like Rocky Balboa for Should a fight. Should we explain what these hotlines video were? Games. Yeah, so it, it these are big of, in the 80s. It is kind of a relic now, but it, 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 it used to be that if you got stuck in a video game, you would call up this pay phone line where to you, the bane of your parents credit card where you would call up and you would ask Nintendo hotline that was staffed by the experts what it, <laughs> it amounted to was a person that I'm sure had the worst job in the world had to talk to eight year old kids <laughs> about how to battle Ganon like it, how to use some, the some kids I'm assuming just suck at video games. you literally just you saw the ad in Nintendo power constantly you get with your friends you call them up and you charge a po fa parents phone bill out the ass because it was like like it was initial call of like five dollars, and then per each additional minute was like a dollar or something. To be fair, this movie makes this job look awesome. You sit in a cubicle, <laughs> play video games all day, and you're surrounded with binders of game tips, posters of Nintendo oh, yeah, games, posters everywhere. Oh, picture this: picture actually working this job, and you've explained to this kid ten times in a row that no, you don't run face first into Bowser. <laughs> At some point, when does your soul crush and just say? Kid, I'm sorry. I don't think you can play this game. What I want to know <laughs> is, parents are you're poor now. At a hotel, and I ask how because yeah. Oh, I thought you were asking how does cash translate into calling them Nintendo Hotline. That's it. Oh, okay. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> they make oh, that's a good point they too. Spanky attends for his troubles. They've got three hundred and ninety dollars cash. <laughs> you couldn't buy a Visa gift card at the time, I imagine. Oh, you don't remember the phones back in the '80s that had a little insert cash here? <laughs> <laughs> they can't buy. I mean, you can buy a bus ticket when you're 10 years old. 
Sure, get a credit card. Yeah. Anyway, so we get a montage. Jimmy's in a casino, a, a kid's casino, complete with kid cigarette girl. That was fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> that was fucked up. At one point, this little kid comes by, the cigarette girl, and the uh, it's the stereotype of the girl. Uh, Cigars, cigarettes, Eddie wait- Valiant. Yeah, waitress in a short skirt and a low-cut top and a, way too much makeup, walking over and... Uh, Except c- she's 11! C- with a cigarette tray. It's the girl wearing the same outfit... Tons of makeup, but she's got like bubblegum, uh, nerds, Snickers. but she's still wearing the same mini skirt and low bearing. And, and I saw that, and I'm like, well, that's fucked up. And Fred Savage goes up to her and is like, I'll take a candy bar. Keep the change. And, and she looks at him like, ooh. It's like, no, no movie. I this is not a, these are not adults you were talking you, about. You got high roller? I got annoyed. She rolls her eyes, she turns around. Yeah. Anyway, so this scene uh, montage goes on for about two minutes. Um, and we find out that Putnam has finally tracked them down to the hotel they're at. Well, Putnam figures this out while standing in front of an old man in a Speedo. Hilarious. Just random old man in a Speedo. Like, what? what why'd you do that movie? Because movie, no shot in a movie happens on accident. Nope. That man was cast. That costume designer set him up, was framed in the shot right behind him. <laughs> Why? I almost feel Why like, did that happen? I almost feel like he they were shooting a scene and behind a real tiki bar to get a drink. He walked up and goes, Oh, it's a movie here? Hey. And, the director, and, and they're like, let's keep him and in. And the director's like, just keep rolling. Keep rolling. Keep rolling. <laughs> this is gold. Hollywood magic. So Putnam finds Fred Savage. He knows the kid, because he doesn't care about Fred Savage, but he knows where there's Savage. There's the littler one. Tracks him down, and we get the first. <laughs> he grabs Jimmy yeah. and starts running away with him. And I'm sorry, I'm... Big, like the kid's fighting him. This does not look yeah, normal. Yeah, this man in a short, bald man with glasses with a black shirt and a bolo tie. Looking disheveled. It's been like three days. I feel like we didn't set up enough just how terrible this man looks. Runs There'll up, be a picture on the Facebook page. Grabs Jimmy, starts running away with him while Jimmy screams, No! And Corey, we... no! And you, I don't, again, I'm like... Police? <laughs> Police? Haley sees this and we get the first of two occasions where her diffusing mechanism is to scream out He touched my breast! What the hell are you doing? No! I didn't touch anything! Put I, it no, I, I'm torn on this line because the, the entire casino does react as they should in a Okay, this is now what our day is about. Right, so, <laughs> this just happens. So security, understandably, finally converges on Putnam <laughs> and drags him away. But a scene later, he's free. No, you're calling in Benson and Stabler to handle this. Yeah, seriously, this is. A, 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 we're once again happy that oh, he can get away again. Like, no, this is a kid who should be with his parents. I just, sure, the way they're doing it with Putnam is wrong, and Putnam is screwed up. You're taking, but, you're taking on. him. You're taking these kids to make a statement. You're putting them at the police station. This has now begun an official investigation into a pedophile. It looks like the casino said, "You touch our breast, you're out of here." But we're not arresting you. Right. <laughs> you go straight home. And, yeah. Hey, and think hey. about what you've done. Hey. Don't follow that kid. You're on your honor. Not follow that kid. Honor. We're, we're, we're trusting you. Kid. I'm gonna turn around and walk away, but only if you promise. You know what you did was bad, okay. right? So now okay. we, we, we find out that for the whole film, uh, Haley's been talking a big game about where she lives, yeah. big house, great parents. She lives in a trailer park. With one trailer. <laughs> with one, one trailer. With a trailer like, park. It's a trailer in the middle of a desert. Right. This is not a trailer park. With like a boat sign in front of it. So. We now get a scene on top of the trailer with an obvious fake mountain drop map painting behind them. Really? Oh yeah. I didn't get I didn't get fake mountains from there. I, I told her, maybe it's I don't know. It's it, right. it looked really fake. Um, and uh, Corey trying to liken Haley's story 
to The Legend of Zelda. This scene gets really awkward. <laughs> this is kids in love scene. It yeah. gets really awkward. They're like, awkward. The, like awkward two, first love At least one stuff. of the weirdest first kisses I think I've ever seen. It's it's weird. He le- yeah he leans in to try and kiss her after she, she tells him a depressing story about her mom. And yeah. he, he leans in to kiss her and she's like what? And then I don't know what happens next, but all oh I, I do okay. Uh, she goes I don't kiss boys. Fred Savage goes kiss girls then. Calls him a smartass. <laughs> These are the jokes, folks. <laughs> Pulls him up by his shirt and kisses, ma- kisses, mashes her lips against his, throws her arms around him, and then pushes him back down. Like she kisses yeah, she him thrust, out of spite. It's like you just see their face just smack and together. It's like less than ten seconds after she's just got done telling him the reason I know so much about gambling is because my mother was a gambling addict. That's why uh, she she was a showgirl and we don't see her anymore. Very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, we cut back to Nick and Pops finally about yeah, what's right. going on with them, and they're. Uh, at one point, the car crashes because uh, Nick and Pops were, saw Putnam in, one, uh, in an abandoned town, and they just crash into each other, and then Mr. Putnam drives off, and they're like, I'm getting your kid! So they put the car back together because it was getting torn apart. It's here we have the Bow Bridges doesn't nobody's talking about Zelda scene. Yeah. It's and, a, a, a bunch of stupid shit. Throwaway scene. Because like, Putnam at some point sees uh, Bow Bridges' car and pays some truck uh, some tow truck to, to take the car away and then they start stripping the car for that's, some reason that's not legal no no. <laughs> he said it was his car so I so did it <laughs> we cut back to the trailer singular trailer where Putnam has tracked them down and takes Jimmy away yeah he breaks he breaks into their trailer house did he lowjack Jimmy for the second he had him in Reno the Fred Savage and uh, the Corey and Haley scene happens on top of the trailer then all of a sudden they go back down and they see that Jimmy's not there they look out and uh Putnam's running away with Jimmy, and you're like, "How the hell did he find him? How did he what, find him? Because he calls he calls a hot, uh, like a four one one service, and he's like, "Oh, you have three addresses. Give me all three. So he's done this to two other people, but probably. How does he know her name? How does he know to ask for her address? Well, he says he. I forget how he picks up her he, name. I have no idea how. He I don't know either. But he says the name. There's a scene missing here, is what I'm saying. There's um, a lot of things missing so here. Putnam now has Cor- has Jimmy in the back of the car. He's done his job. Going back to the mother. Haley calls in the reserves. And by she reserves... calls in Spanky. Spanky and <laughs> company. Like, eight... Spanky, but I don't forget... I forget if we mentioned that Spanky was a truck driver, because I feel like... I think we, we did. did. Yeah. We skipped something very important. Like, <laughs> like, eight big rig trucks converge on Putnam's car. Trap him in a valley. They get out of the truck. Ba- I think this is the best line of the movie. And say... Uh, Spanky, who is a very large black man, who's a truck driver, yeah. you know, like... You, jeans, me, suspenders... He's rolling totally, but you can tell there's a lot of muscle buried underneath this fat. <laughs> sure. And he says... So you touched her breasts, huh? Oh my god. All right, all right. Let's not lose our temper. It's very hot. So you touched her breasts, huh? <laughs> oh, a... Putnam has had it. Putnam's like, what? I have, I have in my notes, Putnam dead? Question mark. <laughs> yeah, because here's the thing. That may be one of the best lines in the movie, but it's followed up with Putnam saying, I touched your breasts. She doesn't have any breasts. Oh. That's a line I really wish no. wasn't in this movie. Most of the, the things that happen in this movie sh- cannot be done in movies today. You're not going to see that in a kid's so, movie. The next time we see Putnam, he's got a black eye and is putting ice on his face. No. 
He would be lying in a desert valley. He's picked <laughs> apart by vultures. He's eyeball half of his skull. Yeah, he's lying in a ditch somewhere in the desert right next to Joe Pesci and his brother from Casino. <laughs> <laughs> he's next to Corin Nemec from The Stand. Like, there's a whole bunch of guys laid out here. Yes. Um, so so uh, Spanky is now driving them uh, to, to California. To California, where we also we get these, another line I wish wasn't in this movie. Come on, Spanky, faster, faster. <laughs> uh, and Spanky is all too happy to apply. All Jeez. right. So we get to where Video Armageddon is being held. Universe. Universal Studios Hollywood. I say it in this happy tone because you're about to be force-fed Universal Studios down your throat. This movie was we produced are, by Universal, right? We are I think now, it has to be. Are, it is a Universal yes, film, yes. Yeah. We are, uh, yes, obviously. <laughs> we are now at Video Armageddon. Yeah. <laughs> Video Armageddon. It has to be said, the kids go to sign in, and the guy that signs them in... Way too excited about his job. I have never been more excited about anything in my life than this guy is about signing in children for a video game. <laughs> what game Contest. are we playing? We're playing Ninja Gaiden. Move it, move it, move it, kid. Hi, hey. hi. Want to get a register? Good. Yeah, my name is Jimmy Woods. What? Jimmy Woods. What game is it? What game are they playing? Well, for the prelims, we're playing Ninja Gaiden. Hi. And the guy who does it, he, and later on movies, he was the, in Pirates of the Caribbean, he was the, like, the bald guy who was, uh, uh, I don't know how to describe him, um, the slapstick comedy, the really he tall was, guy. He, he was paired up with the guy with the yep. wooden eye? Yeah. Yep. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Yeah, and him. he was also the, um, the poor man's Gimli in that god-awful Dungeons and Dragons movie. Stay oh tuned for god. that one, folks, by yeah. the way. Yeah, I keep thinking about bringing that one up, and then I remember I have to watch it again. <laughs> I yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, but as excited... As this guy is. He is but the warm-up act. Yes. For yeah. the host. The host for Video Armageddon, if you were to compare your enthusiasm and excitement, you would have to do so much cocaine and smoke 20 packs a day for years this to MC, get this voice and excitement. This MC, With the voice of Harvey Firestein. He, yeah. he was put on this earth for one purpose. <laughs> Video Armageddon. To host this shit. Or to voice Raiden. Either one. <laughs> wow. Ladies, gentlemen, children, siblings, animals. This is the day that our three contestants in 15 minutes will fight for 50,000 Smackaroos! Ladies, gentlemen, children, Animals! <laughs> I love this man. Get to your station! This guy is so great. He's running around pointing at all the kids. He's worth so the entire... We and see... It's, 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 it's like maybe 10 or 20 kids lined up inside on stage playing at these little video game consoles. Everyone's behind them cheering. I don't know for what, because I can't imagine they can see what's happening on the video screen. It no. looks like... They're, okay. not, they're not currently... Later on, they transmit to larger TVs. Yeah. Right now, it's just these little 13-inch TVs and... Like an arena behind them. Yep. You know what it looks on. like? And, and going back to Double Dragon again, remember when uh, Kokushuko was telling him, I want to converge the all the gangs? It looks like they're in that oh, arena it's, again. It's, it's Thunderdome. It's, it's Thunderdome, Thunderdome for kids. For kids. Yes. Yeah. Jinx. Jinx. Um, <laughs> so, so I guess I'm the only one talking then. We, <laughs> so we see that um, Jimmy is here to play the competition, and so is Lucas. 
Of course, Ooh. Lucas is here. He's the god. Lucas is here. He's so bad. Lucas is here. You see him going entourage, <laughs> including a pint-sized Tobey Maguire. Yes. Which a little did. MacGyver-headed Tobey Maguire. We did not see Mr. Ciderhouse rules anywhere prior to the scene, have he we? He doesn't say a line. He has reaction <laughs> shots for a couple seconds. That's it. Problem. The only time we've seen Lucas play a video game so far, he used the power glove. Which, fine, we're advertising it, but does anyone else feel that he was cheating? <laughs> Like, you know you're going to have to use an actual controller, right? You can't just pretend to drive by moving your hand and then... Anyway. <laughs> what? Uh, so, uh, at the same time, the kids... Um, essentially, the kids are converged on Universal Studios. Jimmy plays Ninja Gaiden and makes it to the finals. At the same time, Jimmy makes it to the finals. Lucas makes it to the finals. And so does a girl. Take that, Gamergate assholes! But at some point... This, poor, this, is, in 19, oh, sorry. this is in 1989. Let's cover this girl for a second. This poor girl... Her name might as well be Jenny McFiller. She is here to be filler. She is here to come in third. She is here to be awful. She is here to round out the, 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 the she three. She is here to, uh, to after you see one character fall down a hole, make faces that go, aww. <laughs> so, yeah. That's her acting So, yeah. Take that, gamers. But for you the know? movie, at some point, Putnam has told... The, the the parents looking for Jimmy, where he's going to the gaming competition, somehow Pops and Nick know where they're going as well. Essentially, some everybody, kid told them. everybody is everybody now converges yes. on Universal Studios. Everyone's here. Uh, Lucas is obviously threatened by Jimmy because he sees the bounty hunter, knows who he is. Because Lucas, Jimmy, and the girl are in the final competition yeah, of the video Armageddon. And they have to oh, report yeah. to their stations in... 15 minutes, 15 minutes, minutes 15 minutes. And Lucas points out Jimmy and goes, There he is! This now leads... To a foot chase through Universal Studios. Tram chase. Yeah, tram chase. This is a tram chase. I feel it's the only tram <laughs> chase in movie history. Way to go, movie. I, I, think, I maybe think so. Way to go, movie. Possible Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles did one, but that's... <laughs> I didn't watch it. I, I, I saw a preview, so it's good enough. Oh, I got obscure sometimes. <laughs> so we get this really stupid... and I mean, they're, they're showing things off like, Hey, it's a chase. It's a, Hey, look, King Kong. Yeah. It's a chase, it's a chase. Hey, look, Earthquake. Hey, look, it's Frankenstein's monster. Right. Uh, I love we're, we're shilling Universal Studios. During the uh, the tram chase, they're all... Because it's the tram chase that it even has at, like, Disney, the too. The tour. The guy's talking about, like, <clears throat> oh, the house over here was in... Leave it to Beaver, blah, blah, blah. They're they're fighting on the tram. They're running, pulling. And the guy's just like, sit down and have fun, damn it! <laughs> Pretty funny line. Um, So, this chase lasts solely for the purpose of the 15-minute window has ended... Lucas is on stage. The girl is on stage. No Jimmy. And I have in my notes, segue to Andrew for gimme, gimme, gimme. Because <laughs> I always said, like, because the guy's like, gimme, 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 Jimmy Woods. This Looks host around. is looking yeah, for yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Wait, oh, I gotta say it again? The host is looking for <laughs> Jimmy. Because he looks around, still doesn't find him. And again, maybe he'll walk the second time. Gimme, gimme, gimme. 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 Jimmy, 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 Jimmy was, and then Nothing. the entire time this like end of the world countdown is going on, and it's like five, eight, eight, seven, seven, six, six five, I give you four, video three, two, one. In video Armageddon in five, four, and so the guy's like, And then we get this obvious trailer shot of him going, I give you video Armageddon. The back wall opens. <laughs> it lifts up. Smoke like is coming out. Like, woo, woo, woo. 
alarm going off, Steve pouring out, and then... Flashing lights. Somehow, Jimmy, with his lunchbox, gets pushed out the... Not gonna lie, pretty sweet ass introduction. It is, it is. I will say, Jimmy can make an entrance. Yes, indeed. Like, like Lucas is standing there on stage, looks over and sees Jimmy being moved out by a, a, on the platform and smoke behind him while he says Jimmy Woods, and Lucas has a look at his face and says that asshole. Yeah, right. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I, I, I spoon fed the kid to you. You and had it, one job to do. So the host is overjoyed because Jimmy's here. And then... They're oh, going to well, play we, a game. That's right. We didn't say this. Uh, he said, you're in the finals, and I'm going to really... What did he say? I'm going to really brain you out. These three kids are going to have to play not, a game... He said something obscure 90s. ...that they have never, ever had to play before. Because... A brand new game. It has to be said, which means these kids wasted 400 bucks on the <laughs> power. We haven't yet said what the game at the end of this is. No, because it has to be said, at the time... This was the grand unveiling for this game for Nintendo. Yes. This was a real competition. This was a real event that happened. And the movie was the first one to actually show it to the United States. So he turns around and says, I give you Super Mario Brothers 3! And the, 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 the screen's <laughs> open, <laughs> I swear. Somewhere an angel got swinged. So I give you Super Mario Brothers 3! You see some kid go, oh shit! Kids are passing out all over the place. Heads are exploding. Siblings are flying through the air. Rioting and this one, this, this Dogs was, and cats living together. This was the grand unveiling for Super Mario Brothers 3. Um, which is now the final game for the final scene. And as Jimmy is playing, the parents all push to the front. And never mind that that's... I'm sorry. In real life, this mother would be storming the stage. That's my child! Forget your game. I'm taking him out of here. But no, they're cheering him on. And again, Bo Bridges, patron saint of video games, says, Jimmy, watch the mushroom. I'm pretty sure you want the mushroom, don't you? Biggest gripe in this game. They're all going for who can get the most points in like five minutes or something. And somehow, I understand. It might be more than five for, minutes real time. Yeah, just I understand for, for movie plot what they're doing. But in realistic plot, Haley is like, oh, what a new game. But she knows all the hidden whistle this areas. the shit out of me. It's like, Jimmy finds a warp zone, which she would have no knowledge on yeah. how to find it's even worse than that because he, what he does is he flies up into the ceiling which we had to have the nintendo power to figure out how to do yeah finds which i still have that nintendo power by the way that we all up use the treasure chest, which he should have never been able to find <laughs> finds yeah. a whistle to which uh Haley screams out use the whistle it'll warp you to another round <laughs> how did jimmy know where to find it how did Haley know yeah. what the thing did it's I forget. I, I forget if it was it's her. A commercial. I it's forget. A commercial. I forget if it was her or Corey said that. But as soon as it says, uh, "Get the warp whistle," I said, "No, Corey, no." <laughs> you can almost see promos for Nintendo Power being like, "Go and see the Wizard this weekend, folks. It'll give you a clue to the new Mario Guaranteed. game." You know? Guaranteed. Guaranteed. That's what they did. So, um, of course, this helps Jimmy. Jimmy wins. They already have a Jimmy wins graphic made up for the <laughs> for the screen. Yeah, he, he he yeah he wins because of course he's he's gonna he's the he's a movie Putnam is also in the crowd says hey I know that kid I wanted to finish it with I kidnapped him this one time like yesterday I didn't I didn't touch the breast so don't don't <laughs> not just that by the way standing in a group of kids right now <laughs> I have in my notes Putnam's sudden redemption like the mother <laughs> in the midst of this Mario three scene the mother fires Putnam because he's been awful at his job. But Putnam, he hasn't been awful at his job. He found Jimmy. Putnam says... He's just an awful person. Put, Putnam says, Hey, I know that kid. Way to go! Putnam says this while sporting... <laughs> oh, 
Theodore's. A black guy. Yeah, a black guy he got accused of molesting a child twice was beaten as he crossed country searched for this child. Look, a job's a job, and once the job's done, good for the kid. Is Cotton getting paid? Job's done. Why is, this a tra- is this a transporter he's, we're talking he's about? He's not going to hate the kid now. The job's is done. The, is this the transporter? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> technically that's the same plot as the movie, the transporter. The job is done. Now that the job's done, he's just going to go back to being Putnam. Right. So Jimmy wins that. Putnam. So Jimmy... <laughs> Who else but Putnam? Putnam so, just being Putnam. So Jimmy, Jimmy wins $50,000. He does this, by the way, uh, being signed up for a video competition, which was never okayed by a parent. So does he really win the money? Who signed that consent form? That's a good point. Again, <laughs> we're buying bus tickets. We're signing up for credit cards to pay for Nintendo Power. We're winning 50 grand. No parents. Uh, oh, and this crowd is cheering for Jimmy like he's Rocky Balboa. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. <laughs> Kids love a winner. Um, okay, so competition is over. Video games now take a back seat because... The writers we, are like, oh yeah, we gotta finish our depressing story. We gotta story. in um, what... I mean, why he went to California? All jokes aside, all comedy aside, this movie closes with a legit, really good dramatic scene. We find out why Jimmy wanted so badly to go to California, which is we pass by a park full of um, dinosaur statues, which is like a dinosaur park. It's got like restaurants and yeah. whatnot. Like I was mentioning from Pee Wee's, little big kids adventure. theaters. It looks really shitty. <clears throat> it looks dilapidated. Um, so it's, Jimmy, it's still there. Jimmy is going nuts. He's saying California, California. He's beating on the car window. Gets out of the car, runs upstairs to the, the brontosaurus. It's a little kid's theater. Inside the brontosaurus. And you find out that he has a picture of the entire family all together when the mom and the dad were still married um, and the dead sister. All this family vacations that he loved so much. That's why he wanted to go. The soundtrack gets very somber. So he has to leave some of the artifacts. He leaves the entire lunchbox, Of Jennifer. But which has like the picture. Yeah. I think it has her shoes, right? Yeah. yeah. Has so some, he, like, yeah. This is essentially <clears throat> him... Burying the memory of Jennifer in a place the last time you remember the whole family being happy. And I'm sorry, it's getting dusty in here. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's, Jimmy, it's Jimmy getting it's closure. Ri- it's just raining on my face right it's now. It's Jimmy getting closure for his dead twin sister? Yes. Yeah. I yeah. got so mad at the movie at this point because I'm like, no, I will not cry at the movie that gave us that power glove yeah. scene. Further evidence of Bo Bridges showing up to work. He extends his hand to Jimmy, calls him Jim. And his Jimmy runs to like, him and he hugs Jimmy like he hasn't hugged his son in like decades while Fred Savage is talking about what he's doing he's just narrating his entire scene like, he can't figure it out you see Bo Bridges his eyes like he looks like a father who's toy he doesn't want to talk about it but he understands he's like oh my god like, like, this is a damn good scene like and, and this, this is what he's been, been talking okay about movie. This, is, this is a good scene and so last shot of the movie then the mom's like he can stay with you oh that's right when we get back to town Sam Sam <laughs> we'll talk about the the kid situation the step no I think it seemed like they were going to talk about their situation from that. Oh, really? Like, maybe the only thing that was keeping them apart was that the, neither one of them knew how to handle the grief of uh, losing yeah. this daughter. And so all of a sudden, she says, Will, she looks at her new husband, looks back at Bill Bridges, we'll talk when we get home. I would love... I, I want the stepfather to be like, wait, what? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Still Peter eating a churro on. he was eating at Universal? <laughs> <laughs> he walks up, what I miss? Why aren't you looking at each other like that? Oh, screw this! <laughs> I would just try to provide a nice home for that... Freaky kid Jimmy. California. <laughs> California. California. That's what you sound like. <laughs> Piggybacking on this, I want a shot of the cars driving away and stepdad alone in the desert. He's not all alone. 
He's got Putnam. Yeah. <laughs> the Reno Canning. Yeah, Dude, true. you never should have hired me. I'm, <laughs> I mean, look at me. Now that I paid. Come on. So, last shot of the movie. Haley, Jimmy, and Corey are in the back of the dad's pickup truck. It, it's kind of cute. Like, Haley gives Jimmy a kiss on the cheek and Corey a kiss on the cheek. And then Jimmy kisses her on the cheek. Are we to believe they're adopting Haley? That's going to be some freaky, freaky stuff going on. No. Are we to believe I, I, would assume her... I didn't get that impression at all. In theory, she still has a dad out there somewhere. Are we to believe they're dropping her back at the trailer? We never see her yes. parents at all? Do they exist? I mean, obviously like, they Like, just but... putting his armor on Haley at the end. Like, he's like, come on home, kid. We'll figure this out. Okay, we're going to follow that under unanswered questions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Puts the big category at this point. And uh, <laughs> they drive off into the horizon and credits. That's our film. Yeah. And, so, and um, we even talk about the soundtrack of Send Me an Angel, which is a great song. Oh, yes. Yeah, Send Me an Angel is Send focused me an heavily angel. in this movie. It's, it's, it's one of eight montages in this film where yeah. they're, they're riding a motorcycle. They're sitting on the back of friendly bikers <laughs> that are taking them cross country. Hey, at least they apparently have a code. Yeah, this soundtrack is I, so 80s. Send Me an Angel. We get not one but two New Kids on the Block songs make a, uh, an appearance. Big 80s soundtrack. Um, and that's our film. So uh, that is The Wizard. Josh, would you recommend The Wizard? I'm going to preface this with either you know of this movie and have seen this movie, or you don't know of this movie, and no matter what we say, you're never going to watch it. <laughs> yes, I recommend this movie. Um, if you've already seen it, it's been a long time, check it out. It holds up like you wouldn't believe. It not only has nostalgia, uh, nostalgia factor going on, it actually is a decent movie, which I completely forgot about. I was ready to tear into this. I was ready to have... Ten pages on the Power Glove alone, uh, but I but this is the the shortest uh, bunch of notes I've ever had. Uh, it's it's a it's a legit good movie. Yes, Andrew. Uh, yes, I love this movie. I own this movie. Uh, it's a big cult hit. It didn't do really well when it came out, but in two thousand and nine, it's such a cult hit that they had in California a reunion of the cast. They had Haley Lucas. I didn't know this. Wait, yeah. you say that like it was hard. Were they busy? I know, I know. But they had a re they had a reunion. They showed it in the big the Chinese theater. I think it was called what the big theater called in California. Yeah, they showed yeah. it there. That's and they had, cool. It was a big thing in two thousand and nine. That's when they put the DVD. I think. Uh -huh. uh, but yeah, if jo I agree with Josh, you've heard of it or you haven't, see it if you haven't because it's it's a really good movie and it's so nostalgic. I remember the first time I watched this, Mark showed it to me on VHS, and I think that weekend I also watched uh, Surf Ninjas. Another gaming movie. <laughs> Tune in next week for Surf Ninjas. No, Seriously. We're not doing No surf clue needed for that one. But, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great, fun movie with deeply depressing roots. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to agree with both of you guys and actually piggyback on what Josh said. I remember a lot of nostalgia, nostalgic love for this film because of all the Nintendo. It holds up. It's The technology is archaic, but, I mean, I still watch war games and sneakers, and that technology is incredibly archaic. Um, well, to be fair, that's because we kept playing Nintendo games even true. to this day. We don't fire up tic-tac-toe. They <laughs> <laughs> use MS-DOS for a code breaker. Um, oh, so I, I, I've loved this movie ever since it first came out. This movie got horrible reviews when it came out because it's not an Oscar-winning film. And to be fair, it does struggle a little bit to trying to figure out what kind of movie it wants to be. It has a hard time establishing yeah. tone. It's, it's a seesaw the entire movie. Um, but it's a, it's, a, it's a fun movie. And like Josh said, I, I've forgotten that this was a legit good movie it's got some decent acting uh some of the i mean in bo bridge's case really good acting like he i keep saying this but he really shows up in this film uh it reminds me of being a kid again yeah i remember, as, the I remember as a parts. kid wanting to go to video armageddon wanting to play in video armageddon like it, this was it, uh, it, i i have in my notes video armageddon my mecca seriously <laughs> it is it is josh andrew and i's id 
I mean, it's it's yeah. What else can and you just, say? And just and the god of video Armageddon. Yeah. Nameless like, announcer. For the for the longest time, this was like Nintendo the movie. So um, it's it's a fun movie still to watch today. If you haven't seen it, I think you should give it a look. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so that is The Wizard from 1989, directed by Todd Holland, starring Fred Savage and Luke Edwards. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, write into our mailbox at uh, didwewatchthat at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook or uh, on Twitter at O Brother, letter O Brother Podcast. Uh, find us on iTunes. Leave us a review if you can. Helps the profile of the show. Um, and I, uh, we haven't cleared this ahead of time because we totally forgot to talk about this beforehand, but An- I, Andrew, <laughs> I already thought about this. Andrew! Then. Our clue for next week's episode. No, That's ne- right, next everybody. Next month. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Next month. Next episode. I like to choose ones to make Mark and Josh scared. I'm very angry at Andrew for this, by the way. <laughs> I so angry at Andrew for this. I, I I will preface this by saying I've seen this film once. I saw it once in the theater, and I aspired. Well, I think we all saw it together, actually. And I aspired to never watch it again. This movie made me angry. <laughs> the most. I'm I'm going very vague with this clue that is. If you don't know the movie, you won't know, but I it, the clue for next week is that it's based off a comic book. Our first comic book movie, right? I think it is. I believe it is. And again, next month, not next week. Yes. Next, next month. month's episode based off of a comic book. Yep. Which Josh owns. A very good comic book. I think I got it for Christmas one year. Yes. I got you the comic. I, I was looking forward to this film. Yeah, the other, it really was. The other <laughs> clue is that after we're done with this, uh, so we don't have to watch it, we're going to beat the crap out of Andrew and convince him that each show is wrong, we can watch something else. And so, then I'll make you all watch Dungeons and Dragons. So since we're going to beat him to the hospital, tune in next month to hear Josh and I talk about this film. <laughs> you'll, hear me, you'll hear me talking with a cast on. I don't know how you'll feel that. Uh, until then, uh, my name is Mark. I'm Andrew. And I'm Josh. Thanks for listening. Back where we started from, California.